sixth uh, chapter, and it's titled The Priestly Blessing or Benediction, in which God places his name on his people. The Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Speak to Aaron and his sons, saying, Thus you shall bless the Israelites. You shall say to them, The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. So shall they put my name on the Israelites, and I will bless them. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Dear God, let the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts be pleasing to you, our rock and our redeemer. Speak through me or in spite of me that we all may hear a word from you this morning. Amen. So in 1979, which was a great year, by the way, um, Dr. Michael Barclay, sorry, Gabriel Barclay, and his archaeological team discovered what is now known as the Ketiv Hinnom Silver Scrolls, just outside the old city of Jerusalem. Written in Hebrew on two tiny silver scrolls were the words that Mel read for us this morning. The scripture is often called the Aaronic blessing because it was given to Aaron or the priestly blessing as Mel shared with us. But to those of us who grew up in the Methodist church, we know it as the MYF benediction. <laughs> like a lot of the Hebrew Bible, it is written in poem. And it's really more interesting in Hebrew than in the English translation. Um, it has an increasing flow. The first line has three words, the second line five, the third line, seven. So you can imagine it like a little trickle or stream of blessing that ends up as a flood of God's grace washing over you. Uh, the Lord, the word the Lord is repeated three times. Uh, some people think to be symbolic of the Holy Trinity, uh, but also for emphasis. And after that, there are 12 words remaining. Uh, many think that that's symbolic of the 12 tribes of Israel. This beautiful blessing has been sung for generations in Jewish homes and synagogues and has been passed down from the ancestors of our faith from the very early days of the Christian church. These are holy and powerful words, so powerful that I believe they can have a tangible impact on the lives of those who speak them and those who receive them. There's a British philosopher named J.L. Austin, and he defined speech act theory. It's the idea that language is performative, simply that to say something is to do something. So for those of us who are married, an, an example of a speech act phrase would be the vows that we say. I take this man to be my husband, or I take this woman to be my wife. Likewise, the pronouncement at the end of the ceremony uh, that the pastor proclaims, I now pronounce you married, that phrase does something. Other examples of speech act phrases that have power are things like, court is dismissed, you are under arrest, <laughs> or I forgive you. So when God tells Moses, tell Aaron and his sons that this is how you bless the Israelites, he was giving him holy words that through the power of the Lord, do something. Each sentence shows God's action toward us and its consequence. 
So let's break it down and look at each phrase. First, may the Lord bless you and keep you. Think about what keeps you. It's been said that we can tell what keeps us by looking at our calendars and our checkbooks. Some of us might be kept by our desire or sin. We might be kept by idolatry or greed. We might be kept by anger or bitterness. But if we let the Lord, he promises to always keep us. I read this morning a bit of Psalm 21 for the children, 121 for the children, uh, and I'm going to read for you the second part of Psalm 121, verses 5 through 8, which describe for us what it is for the Lord to keep us. The Lord is your keeper. The Lord is your shade at your right hand. The sun shall not strike you by day, nor the moon by night. The Lord will keep you from all evil. The Lord will keep your going out and your coming in from this time on and forevermore. May the Lord bless you and keep you. Second, the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. For the Lord to make his face to shine on you is for him to smile on his people, to look benevolently upon them. It's the opposite of what we read in Deuteronomy 3.18 where the Lord hides his face from his people, indicating anger. I imagine that it's the look that we give someone we love with pride or appreciation, not for something that they've done or something they've said, but just because we are pleased with their being. We just love who they are. That is how God looks upon us as his children, with love, and offers us his grace. Third, the Lord lift his countenance upon you and give you peace. Being on the receiving end of God's holy smile would be to be washed in grace and warmth. It's an abundance of peace of heart and mind and soul. And it is to be so filled with the Spirit that our words and our actions began to exhibit that fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Because when our life begins to manifest those gifts, uh, we are not only blessed ourselves, we become a blessing to other people. As in Genesis chapter 12, verse 2, God told Abraham, I will bless you so that you will be a blessing. In this text from Numbers, God is empowering Aaron and the high priest to bless the Israelites. But since the Protestant Reformation and the idea of the priesthood of all believers, we know that we are all empowered to be a channel of God's blessing. In his book, Life of the Beloved, Henry Nowen, who was a priest and a theologian and a really prolific writer, says that to give someone a blessing is to give them the most significant type of affirmation. True blessing goes beyond praise or recognition of talent, but should shine a light on a person's belovedness, to recognize that they are made in God's image and to be grateful for them. He says the blessings that we give to each other are expressions of the blessing that each of us receive from God for all eternity. 
In the Jewish religion, blessings are recited on countless occasions, before eating, after eating, when washing hands, before sleep, after sleep, for good news and for bad news, for children, for countless other occasions. And these blessings are more than just ways of saying thanks or asking for God's protection, but to create an awareness of God in the world, to magnify the Lord's presence. The blessing is a really powerful way to speak God into your life and into the lives of other people. As I look around the sanctuary, I recall all the different times that we have blessed people. We bless our students and teachers at the beginning of each school year. Every January, we bless our new leadership team. We've blessed countless numbers of people going off to missions or youth going to UM Army and Big House. Recall all the times you've extended your hand in blessing over your fellow brothers and sisters in Christ. That doesn't just have to happen in the sanctuary. We are empowered to go out and bless the world around us. So I encourage you to do just that. Raise your arms and dare to pronounce a good word from God into the lives of others. Bless your family and your friends. Bless your children and other people's children. As you walk through the grocery store, offer a blessing in your heart for the tired mom with the crying baby or the lonely-looking teenager. Bless the person in the car ahead of you at the drive-thru as you wait. Bless the one you think is your enemy. And you don't have to know the work that will come as a result of your blessing. God takes care of that part. Our work is simply to bless and to trust that our blessing has power. Think about the story in Luke chapter 18 when all the children were brought to Jesus and the disciples tried to shoo them away thinking Jesus would be way too busy to see the children, but he gathered them close and he blessed them. Surely none of us think that that was just a good wish for their lives. His blessing had power in the lives of those children. And Jesus still has power in all of our lives. John 14, 27 tells us that in Jesus, the full meaning of peace is revealed. He gave peace, made peace. He is our peace. In Christ, we find a blessing that overcomes all circumstances. A few years ago, there was a hashtag that started trending on social media, Hashtag blessed. And then it was everywhere. It was on cups and t-shirts and bumper stickers and wall hangings. People would post their best, happiest pictures and tag them. Hashtag blessed. Great vacation. Hashtag blessed. Closed on the house. Hashtag blessed. New car. Hashtag blessed. And please don't hear me say that that's not a good thing because it is a great Thing to celebrate and shout praise for the wonderful, joyful moments in our lives. But hashtag blessed can sometimes make it seem like we're not also blessed on the unhappy times. The posters we're not going to post, the pictures that we're not going to post on Facebook or Twitter. Because the dad that just lost his job, he's blessed. 
and the family that lost their house in a hurricane? Blessed. The day that we bury our loved ones, even though it's so hard to feel, we are blessed by the grace of God that we find in Christ Jesus. While we hope and we pray for physical protection and in the absence of suffering, we know that God never promised that. In fact, in 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 12, he promised persecution. But God also promises that nothing can separate us from the love of Christ. Neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, or depth, or anything in all of creation can separate us from the love of God. And that is the true blessing in our lives. But the power of that blessing can lie in knowing just how much we need it, how much we need the grace of God in our lives. The root of the Hebrew word for bless comes from the word for knee. So there's a Hebrew scholar, Brian Tice, who explains that the knee is one of the weakest parts of the body. So when we kneel and recognize God's blessing and our need for God's blessing, that blessing conveys the idea of God strengthening us. It empowers us to be able to do what we normally could not do, what's not within our natural capabilities. It is in those hard times that we should remember that God strengthens us in our weakest places. Receive this blessing today and go so that you may be a blessing to others. And as you hear the words, I would ask for you to close your eyes and imagine Lord Jesus right next to you with your hand, his hand on your shoulder, looking into your eyes. And as he said these words, you would not doubt that they have power, that something holy has been said to you, and that your life could not be the same. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance to you and give you peace. Amen.